the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match of up to $50. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks, including picks from the crew at the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's better than dot Vegas. And finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hello, hello, and happy new year to all my fellow degenerates, and welcome to episode eight, maybe nine, I'm losing count here, of the uh, MMA Gambling Podcast. I am your host, as per usual, Jeff Fox. I write about UFC um, and NBA, mostly at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I also run MMA-manifesto.com, where you can get all things MMA and UFC. Um, My Right-hand man over there, my co-host in this show, um, also hosts a couple of podcasts of his own, the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, which is an interview slash gambling advice podcast. And then he also hosts the Prelim Picker, which is uh, pretty much what it sounds like. He, he and a, a, a guest picks all the prelim fights on an upcoming UFC card, which uh, will definitely come in uh coming useful for you degenerates out there who who uh, want to know who to who to put your money on on the maybe the less um well-known fights on a on a fight card so anyhow after that long introduction where i i don't think i have any insults from this week because he hasn't been able to uh make any wrong picks because there hasn't been any ufc fights for weeks so i introduce to you <laughs> daniel gumby really you you did you did manage to work in there because he hasn't been able to make any wrong picks so, right. so i feel like you worked it in there i was like i was sort of waiting through the introduction like it's coming i know it's coming <laughs> he's dan, dan is 100 percent with his picks for 2021 we can say that, right? I ain't missed a damn thing. I will say I have been uh, a little bit more into to basketball, being that we've had this huge low. And right. I'm not not terrible at that. I might actually be better than that. This might turn into a basketball podcast since really? that's one of your fortes. So how how are you betting? How are you choosing who to bet on in basketball? Oh, what God. type of bets do you do? I picked the team with the uh, the most large-looking Lithuanian dudes on it, and that right. seems to be hitting right now. Uh, if you've got a bunch of tall, white goons who think that they're three-point shooters, uh, they win. So uh, that's Perfect. That, Yeah, so that's my analysis as far as basketball is concerned. Uh, Although I don't want to give away too much if we've got an hour to fill on basketball knowledge. It's true. <laughs> there you go, people. That's that's the insight you uh, you come to this podcast for uh, about Lithuanian basketball players. There you go. You got it. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the UFC is still in a bit of a hiatus. This is a massive hiatus for them uh, after running pretty much 
598 straight weeks. They've had about, uh, they've had three weeks off. This would be the last week, uh, that they're off before they run three fight cards in the matter of seven days. So and then, then they take another week off. So yeah, it's a boomer bust uh, at this point with, uh, with UFC. So with, um, with the downtime, we've, we've had a chance to do some, uh, interesting, hopefully you find it interesting. We find, we find it interesting to record, uh, podcasts the past few weeks. Um, this week we're going to, um, later on, we will break down the upcoming Conor McGregor return against, against Dustin Poirier, um, which will be a rematch. We will, we will break that down. I'm sure that's what a lot of you are here to hear. Um, but I thought I'd, Give Dan a chance to to screw up some uh, some predictions here and and to have him uh, guess on guess on some things, play a little little game here um, regarding the odds of uh, a certain fighter being the champion of their division at the end of 2021. Um, I had these odds sent to me from a uh, uh, we won't name it a sports book, which is isn't my bookie. Uh, we'll have to remind you we are sponsored by my my bookie, so make sure you do use mybookie.ag when you do bet and use promo code SGP and you get a 50% deposit bonus. So make sure you use mybookie.ag. But I don't think these odds are on my bookie, at least not yet. But I thought it would be a fun little exercise to um, to prove how how uh, much uh, Dan doesn't know about What was the term we were using? Reliably um, mediocre? Yeah, or, yeah, reliably or typically mediocre. One, typically one two, mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's that, the one. That works for Dan. <laughs> that works for Dan. So these, so like I said in my rambling intro here, these are uh, the odds, the betting odds for who, uh, which fighter will be the champion of each division in the UFC uh, at the end of this year, 2021. Now, they don't really have them. Uh, the weight class are kind of out of order here, so we'll just start the way they have it here. If you want to check out all the odds, uh, it's on MMA-manifesto.com. Scroll down a little bit, and you'll see an article titled Odds for UFC Division Champs at End of 2021 Released. Such a catchy title. That's why I'm uh, such a fantastic writer. Um, okay, we'll start with Lightweight, which has basically become the UFC's premier division over the past few years. Um, so I will pause it to Dan. Who will be the Lightweight 155 pound champion at the end of 2021. Am, am, who, I, am I looking for who sorry, they think is the favorite for yeah. that? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with with who they think. Yeah, who and, and they, then then we can we can debate it. Who do who they do you... think is the favorite? Oh, um, I'm gonna say Habib is still listed as the favorite. Habib is second. Oh, there's someone above Habib. It's got it. Well, if it's not Habib, it's Conor McGregor. It is Conor McGregor. Jeez. Ding ding ding. Yeah. So that's, what do you what do you think the odds coming back on? What do you think you get coming back if, if you bet McGregor as the champ at this point? So so this is a little bit harder for me because yes. when you have things that are spread out like this, right? And there's seven, eight, nine, ten choices or whatever. Yep. The, the favorite isn't always in the negative. Sometimes you can get plus money returns on everything. And I would say in this case, since we're talking about somebody not retaining their title. Right, like I think some of these ones we're going to talk about, like Kamar Usman, will probably be in the negatives because he could just not fight for the whole year and, right, yep. and keep his title. In this case, I'm guessing Connor's got to be plus money though because he doesn't have the title or a title fight booked. Right. So I'm going to say if he's the and he's the favorite, man, they must really be banking on Habib just giving that title away. Either that or the money is coming in freaking real hard on Connor. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say plus 
175 for Connor? Plus, plus 150, so you're, you're right in the ballpark. That's, yeah, Connor that's McGregor. That's absurd to me. No, there's no yes. reason to make that bet. <laughs> yeah, there's no guarantee he's going to fight past January either. So uh, unless they make the January fight against Apoye, which we're going to talk about later, unless they make that a title fight last minute, which Habib says they should because he claims he's, he's retired. But this is one of those one of those um, weird uh, Dana White make, takes weird. He finds weird uh, stands to take sometimes for, for no apparent reason. Uh, Habib tells him he's retired and he wants to be stripped of the title and Dana's refusing. So I don't but actually anyhow, think uh, that that's weird. I, I, let me no. let me touch that real quick because I think 100% that's just negotiation so he doesn't have to put the title on the line for Connor because he yeah. thinks Connor's going to win it and hide. And, yeah, and then, very, he's, very then he's got that whole, the whole strip Connor question again, interim question again. And if Connor wins, and then he can dangle that in front of him when Habib eventually does vacate, and it gets him back in the cage for a second fight of the year. He's already yep. got him in there once. Why put extra stakes on it? Yep, good point. So uh, Connor's plus 150. Uh, Habib plus 250. Uh, they're the only ones that are close. And then Poirier, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje are plus 550. So they're the only – they round really out the I'm interested top. in what they've got on Charles Oliveira. Cause, he, I mean, he's next in line. Yeah, he's fifth, plus 650. That, that would be a really – as far as intriguing plays to me, that I think Habib is vacating. I don't think you're going to see him fight again. Yeah. So I don't think that – even at 250, I'm real all that much intrigued. I'm definitely yeah. not intrigued in Connor in those numbers. And of those numbers, I think Charles Oliveira is probably the most interesting one because we just saw him put a grappling clinic on against a grappler, right? And, and we know yep. his striking's not bad. And if you look at some of those guys at the top of the division, right, like we're looking at – Gaethje and, and Poye being guys who are coming off of losses by submission, right? Like, yep. so, so why not be interested in somebody like Oliveira at that price? Um, for sure. I, th- I think that that's a fun one, but yeah, the other ones, especially in this messy division, I'd stay away from. Yeah, exactly. So probably enough lightweight talk for now because the, the bulk of the rest of the show is going to be lightweight. So we'll move on to the big boys. Um, Heavyweights, uh, yeah, I think they may have this actually in order of, of uh, interest uh, or the, the big name divisions first. So we have lightweight, now we have heavyweight. Who, right now, the champion wants uh, – it's hard to remember because it, the belt doesn't seem to get to get uh, defended very often in heavyweight in the past few years, but it's Stipe Miocic is the current champion. Uh, nothing scheduled uh, in terms of, of title defenses Um in the near future, as, as far as I know, I haven't even heard any any rumors as to dates or anything like that. So he is the current champ. Who will be the champ at the end of this year? Who do they think will be the champ at the end of this year? I'm going to say he's still the favorite. He's second. Ah, oh, then it's got to be John Jones. John Jones is third. Oh, get out of here. Francis Naganu is yes. the yes. – Yeah. And again, this is – Man, I am way off on these, but this is uh, this is not even typically mediocre. Um, I'm shocked by that. What, what's so if if France what do you is think the got? favorite, it's got to be plus two fifty. One fifty. Plus one fifty for Francis. Plus two seventy five Stepe, which is that's huge for the current champ. You may want to put some money on that one. Uh, plus three fifty John Jones, Cyril Gain, and Curtis Blades plus six hundred. Um, other interesting ones, Israel Adesanya is plus 2,000. He's also on the list. So. <laughs> 20, <laughs> Which, 20 to 1 odds on that yes. one. Well, he's coming up, he would be coming up two weight classes. So, yeah, that would be, um, that would be it'd quite be pretty, the jump. It'd so. be pretty fucking special if he did it. But, 
Um, yeah, so, I, I think that that's weird because, look, I, I like Francis in a rematch with Stipe. I think he's learned a lot. You know, the, the yep. whole narrative that is his boxing looks better. It, it doesn't look all that much better, um, but I think his gas tank does. Um, not that we've seen him in a, a, a fight longer than 30 seconds in the last couple of years, but you have to imagine if he went in there against Stipe and sort of tired out in that fight, he's been working on that. He's a guy who, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from the things he needs to work on. Um, and, and really, the other promising thing about him is is he just needs to touch you. And it's not like Stipe is untouchable. We watched DC hit right. him, and, and DC doesn't have nearly the, the slugging power is, is Naganu. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like him as if, if I was picking, I guess. But I actually think probably the smartest money out of those three in that batch is John Jones because – Man, you have to imagine he's going to get that heavyweight shot this year. And, I mean, he's one of those guys you just don't pick against. Yep, that's true. That's true. But um, whether he actually is going to – is his first fight going to be for the belt? Uh, it doesn't really sound like it. Is he going to fight more than once this year? It's it's You never know with that guy and and uh, him being uh, his, his outside uh, – outside of the cage exploits. Um, so, so you really don't know um, whether he, he's going to fight off enough. And this is just till it's not whether he will ever be heavyweight champions, whether he'll be champ by the end of end of this year. So maybe that's why he's up at up at 350. Um, so I, I personally, I like steep at plus 275 because he may only fight what once this year and he's already beaten the gun a lot. So you never know um, for that, for, for that, uh, the odds, uh, I think, are, are pretty pretty decent for him there. Um, we'll drop down a division to light heavyweight. Um, current champ is Jan Blakowicz. Um, he is expected. Actually, yeah, they, they've announced it already. I believe he will be fighting the middleweight champ Israel Adesanya in his first title defense. Who do they think will be the champ at the end of 2021? I gotta imagine this is Israel Adesanya. I, I don't. Yes. I, yeah, this one was an easier one. I'm going to say he's even negative money here. I'll say negative 150. He's plus 175. So, yeah, but pretty pretty good uh, return if if you want to get on that early. Um, he's plus 175. John Jones plus 300. Uh, the current champ plus 400. And that's pretty wild. Um, Glover Teixeira plus 600. Uh, Alexander Rakic plus 650. Uh, that rounds out the top five there. So, um yeah, plus 400 for the current chaps, pretty pretty well. You don't see that very often. It's, it's weird, too, because we're coming off of a year where literally zero champs lost fights. Not yep. a single champion lost a fight in the first three odds we read here uh, have the champions as, as not the favorite. Yep, to have new champ. Yep. And, and granted, there were championships that changed hands because, you know, uh, vacating divisions or this guy leaving or, you know, retirements and all that kind of stuff. But like at the same time, that, that stuff could happen here, but we're coming off a year where the champs looked pretty dominant. So for yep. three of them to come in that way is pretty crazy. And speaking of dominant champs, we'll, we'll move to middleweight. Uh, the dominant champ there is Israel Adesanya, the aforementioned Israel Adesanya, style bender. Um, the last style bunder, actually, my apologies. He, uh, like I said, he is fighting for the 205 light heavyweight belt next. Um, is he the favorite to be middleweight champ at the end of this? I'm going to say he, he is the, the favorite to be the champ still. But I would say it's not as, as obvious Correct. as it could yes. be because if he wins that light heavyweight title, 
there's a chance he vacates middleweight in order to tempt John Jones down. I mean, yep. we have odds of him at heavyweight. So like, clearly that's an option too, that people are thinking about. So I'm going to say he's only plus 150 here to retain. Minus 250. Minus? Minus yes. 250? Minus 250, yes. That's very strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is strange because I, I would have assumed there's a better chance for me, and maybe this sounds crazy, there's a better chance for me that he is still the he- light heavyweight champion at the end of the year than that he's yep. the middleweight champ. Because I assume, you know, I don't, I don't mean to disparage Jan Blankovic, and we'll obviously break down that when we get to that fight later on in the year, but I, I assume he's going to beat Jan. Like, he is a much better striker than Jan. He's very elusive. Um, you know, Jan, Jan obviously has got the big bomb, but he's going to stay away from that. I think he beats Jan in in what tempts him to go back to middleweight other than, I mean, just the legacy of being a middleweight champ who defended 450 times, right? Because, like, yep. he beat Whitaker. I mean, I guess Till's down there, but he just got beat by Whitaker. I mean, like, a rematch with Marvin Vittori is going to bring you back to middleweight? Probably not. So, like, I just see, like, all the fun fights are up at light heavyweight for him, right? Like, Rachich is a fun fight, and, and Glover Teixeira is a fun fight. And, like, fighting all those guys would be interesting. And then, obviously, the potential John Jones fight. Man, it, I would say that's crazy to me. I would not ex- – I actually think – you're better off betting on any of these other guys to be the champ because like, I think somebody else will probably be the middleweight champ. Yeah. The two fun fights that jump off the page are actually at the bottom of this list in terms of odds for middleweight. Uh, Hamzat, Jimmy plus 1600, Kevin Holland plus 2000. So they would, they're probably a little ways off, which would explain why the, uh, the odds are so high. But I, I think those two fights would be, worthy of assuming these the, both those guys keep their their um, rocket rise to the top I think those fights would be worthy of Adesanya coming back but but that could be a ways down the line and he may be well into light heavyweight or even heavyweight at that point yeah and that, that those two also make sense if to bet on if Izzy vacates because like they're going to be looking for somebody who can sell that card and let me tell you something uh uh vacant title fight between Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker, as much as I love both two fighters, doesn't sell a single pay-per-view on its own. Um, whereas if it's Robert Whitaker and Kamzat Chimev, or if it's uh, Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland, like people are up for that. So, so I would say those two are interesting if Izzy leaves. Um, but yeah, like, and there may be interesting fights for Izzy to take, but, they're not as fun as the John Jones fight. No, definitely not. All right, before we move on to Bantamweight, let's tell you about another about another one of our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. So this week, SGP is doing a special listener-only contest for the NFL. $3 entry, and the winner will not only get the cash, but also free entry into the FFPC Challenge worth $200. Find the game in the Thrive Fantasy Lobby and use the code SGP to join. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing the NFL, choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Playing NBA, PGA, MLB, esports, choose five out of the ten available player props to build your lineup. 
Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props to rack up the most points to sh win a share of the prize pool. The prize pool is over 50,000 in guaranteed prizes on Thrive Weekly, and they've awarded over 1.6 million in cash prizes so far. So make sure you use the promo code SGP when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit with a four times rollover. So download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, and don't forget our promo code, which would be SGP, Sports Gambling Podcast. Okay, so Bantamweights, uh, current champ, Peter Yan. He's not defending his title yet um he's expected to fight aljamain sterling in the next fight but i don't believe a it's been penciled in on the calendar for 2021 yet as far as i know um who do you think is expected to be the champ at the end of the year i'm gonna say jan um correct yeah probably we're probably looking at a, a fairly big number here at like plus 200 because there's just so many options in this division, right? Yes. Jan is plus 300 uh, plus at this point. So uh, Aljamain Sterling, second, plus 350. TJ Dillashaw, who's expected to return from his drug suspension, plus 450. Corey Sanhagen, plus 650. Uh, Rob Font, plus 750. Um, Rob Font so, making it in yes. there, plus 750? Yes. And those are, I mean, like if you look back at those other lists you had open, which obviously I can't see right now, there are some much bigger names than Rob Font who are much larger numbers than 750. That that's kind of interesting because, yeah, like he he's a guy who, I mean, like just a month ago we probably wouldn't have even mentioned in title talks. Um, and obviously he looked real good against Marlon Marias, but he's been out with the ACL surgery. We, I mean, when we broke down that fight, we both took Marias, I think. In uh, nope, uh, no, I didn't, Dan. <laughs> I. I can't drag you down with me. <laughs> no, you can't drag me down with you, Dan. You're uh, but, an anchor around my ankle. Okay, so let me blame myself then. So I, when I broke down that fight, had pointed out that every time he had taken a big step up, he had he had kind of slipped up, you know, the Sun Sound fight and stuff like that. But it, it's interesting, yeah, that, that he is, I mean, man, just so close. And, and close enough to offer odds mean they think there's a decent chance that he'll probably get a title shot this year. You're thinking. You're talking about how deep the division is. They have 13 guys uh, listed with with odds here, so that shows you how how um, up for grabs uh, the division is considered. Um, I gotta ask you a question of, then. Yes. Is, is so there's 13 guys listed. I kind of yeah. want to know. I want to know if two people are on that list because there are yeah. two people who I think they would offer odds on. And I'd just be intrigued to hear it. The first one is I want to know if Sean O'Malley is on that list. No, surprisingly ah, not. No, that, that, that's uh, that's good. I would say. And, yeah, no. and I appreciate that. Yes. Um, the one who I do want to be on there is I'm interested if Casey Kenny is offered on there. No, he's not. No. Um, there's a lot of former champs and big names on here. Actually, Cody Garbrandt plus 900, Henry Cejudo plus 900, Frankie Edgar plus 1000. Uh, Divison uh, Figueredo, uh, if he decides to bump, jump up uh, from flyweight, he's plus 1,400. Dominic Cruz, plus 1,400. So there's some big names on there, but not the guys you mentioned. So. That's interesting that Dominic Cruz yeah. is offered being as he's booked with Casey Kenny. <laughs> like, yes, And Casey Kenny, I think, is on a much better run. Um, but I guess the name value is is the the selling point there, correct? Yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, we'll move up a weight, featherweight. Um, current champ Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't. He beat Max Holloway for the belt and then beat him in. Did he already beat him in the rematch? My brain is 
He did. did they, they, fight were the, yet? they were the same yeah, right, exact yeah. fight. Yeah. So yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm forgetting things. Um, okay. So, so yeah, he's, he's beat Holloway twice. That's right. Holloway's got a fight coming up in, in a week. We'll be talking about, um, so who, uh, and Volkanovsky, I don't believe he's got anything scheduled at this point. I don't even know who his next challenger would be at this point. Um, who do you think will be the champ at the end of 2021? So I, I think Volkanovski's got to be the odds-on favorite. Right. We're probably talking negative money, negative 150, I'll say. Plus 150. Plus so 150. That, I, I may, I may want to get in on that one. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice number. And I'm guessing the second <laughs> is Brian Ortega because I think that's who they're going to offer. Yeah. No, our, our, Ortega's, Ortega's third, plus 400. For some reason, Max Holloway's plus 275, which doesn't make sense to me. Because <laughs> like he just fought. He's just going to assume that he's going to get a third shot before yeah. Ortega does. That doesn't make sense. Um, or maybe they Zabit, think Ortega could win, and then he yeah, Holloway true. would fight again. Or, or, that's true. Or Volkanovski could win, and you know Holloway could win the third fight. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Zabit yeah. and, and Cater Zabit, in there, too? Yeah, Cater's uh, plus 600. Zabit, plus 700. Um other up and comers, Yair plus nine hundred, um, Sodik Yusef plus two thousand. Um, so nice to see him show up in the list, though. But yeah, that's the uh, featherweight. I, I expect Volkanovski. Uh, I don't see him losing to any of these guys really at this point, at least. No, I, I don't either. It, it would be really hard for me to see Ortega do what he did to Chan Sung Jung to to Volkanovski. Volkanovski right. too, I think is. As far as champions in the UFC go, maybe the most underrated right now in terms of, like, he just has masterful game plans. Like, he, he just makes the craziest gameplay. Like, when you look at the three people he fought back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to get the belt, it, it's crazy because none of them are like the other one, right? Like, he fought Chad Mendez, switch it up to Jose Aldo, switch it up to Max Holloway and, and like each and every one of them, he just had the perfect game plan for, right? Like he, he tired out Chad Mendez and he, you know, pressed Jose Aldo up against the cage for 15 minutes. And then he outboxed Max Holloway, like crazy game plan shifts in, you know, maybe that's Eugene Behrman or maybe it's one of the, the Hickman brothers, but like, just in general, like I'm overwhelmingly impressed at the cerebral game of him, and I think, yeah, he, he's definitely the featherweight champ at the end of the year. So get on that um, if you guys can find it at plus 150 or plus anything for that matter. Uh, I would, I would jump on that um, for sure. He's he's one of the one of the sure lock as sure as, as you can say someone's a lock guy i'd say he's one of the locks to to stay champ for a while um we'll drop all the way down to flyweight current champ devisan figueredo speaking of locks in the division i uh, don't want to give anything away here but uh he is the current champ um he just defended his belt what twice in the past couple months so i'm not sure when he's going to be stepping in the cage next but um he's ex- is he expected to be champ at the end of this year yep and i i imagine to the stock is high on him coming off of a pair of wins uh, and a draw, obviously, or three wins and a draw. Um, and really the the draw, who he's fighting next, uh, you know, you take the dick kick out of the equation and, and it's a win. So, like, he's about to rematch a guy who he technically probably already beat, 
um, you know, without the penalty. I'm saying negative 250 on Davidson. One, half of that, minus 125. So you may want to get in that too, everyone. That's uh, unless, yeah, that's even if I was going to say unless he jumps up to Benway, but even if he does, that would probably um, make his chances of hanging on to flyweight even better because uh, they probably wouldn't strip him. So yeah, this is they, another division. They, they would strip a lot of people in a lot of divisions. That's why I'm worried yeah. about Izzy. But I right. wouldn't be worried about it at flyweight just because there's not somebody to tie that wagon to. You know, like at right. middleweight, you tie it to Kamzat Chimeyev or Kevin Holland or, you know, even Robert Whitaker, who's a former champ. Yeah. At flyweight, who, who are you going to tie it to? You're going to tie it to a bout yeah. with Askar Askarov and, and Joseph yeah. Benavidez? Probably not. Yeah. No, surprisingly, they have 12 names on this list. Um which is pretty much almost the whole division, <laughs> the way uh, flyweight is, is stacked at this point. So you got Figueredo minus 125, uh, past challenger and, and future challenger, Brandon Moreno plus 350, Cody Garbrandt plus 450, Oscar Askarov plus 600, uh, Alexandra Pantoja, Pantoja plus 800. Um, that is the, the flyweight, flyweight division, but I expect Figueredo to keep it, so I wouldn't put money on any of those guys. Um, go to welterweight, current champ, Kamaru Usman. Dan said he could just hang on his belt and not defend it at all this year. Um, you never know with this guy. Uh, he actually is is defending at least once. He's or, or at least as of now, he's got to fight penciled in with Gilbert Burns. It hasn't officially been announced, but expected to take place, I believe, in March. Um, will he still be champ at the end of end of this year? I'm going to say the odds will have him as the favorite. Correct. I'm going to say still plus money, though, because he's got about cooked, and there are there are contenders in that division who are intriguing to a lot of people. I'll say plus 150. Plus 100, so you're, you're right in there, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that makes sense to me because, first of all, Gilbert Burns is dangerous, and dangerous in a way that he's not previously faced, right? Like, he's faced a guy who can wrestle, but has he faced a good submission artist? I mean, apart from... Uh, Damian Maya, who is just such a not a striking risk that the grappling right. just becomes your sole focus. This is somebody who's got the grappling of Damian Maya, maybe not as good, but right, right freaking there. And also, obviously, has some powerful hands. So, yeah, I think that that's there. And then, obviously, you've got the rematch with Colby Covington, who gave him a close first fight. And you got Wonder Boy, who looked untouchable in his last fight. And, you know, you got the Chimev, who I'm sure they have odds on in there, too, and Leon Edwards and all that good stuff. Yep, Dan pretty much named the whole list there, so we'll I'll, I'll run I'll run run through it with the numbers. You may find some of the numbers interesting. Colby Covington would be second plus three hundred, then Gilbert Burns plus five fifty, uh, Chimeyev plus six fifty, Leon Edwards plus eight hundred, Jorge Masvidal plus nine hundred, uh, Wonderboy Thompson plus a thousand, Conor McGregor plus sixteen hundred. Any of those jump off the page at you? Yeah, it jumps off the page at me that um the Colby Covington second. I, I would have yeah. thought that Gilbert Burns would have been. Um, maybe they're just expecting uh, Colby Covington to get another shot. But the other thing about Colby Covington is the – obviously we could talk all day about the, the narrative of Colby Covington and exactly what that guy is at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but, like, he, he had this, like, bravado that was largely bullshit. But, like, it, it was there that sold the fight. And once your jaw's been broken by the guy you're trash talking the hardest, like, 
is that a sellable fight anymore? Yeah. I, I mean, like, maybe, but not without another win, in which he doesn't yeah. seem to be interested in taking either, right? Like, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be interested in anything but Jorge Masvidal, who, I don't know, does Jorge Masvidal have anything to gain by fighting somebody who fights pretty much just like Kamara Usman does? Yeah. I, I mean, like, he makes way more money fighting Conor McGregor or... Uh, Nate Diaz again, or hell, even Wonder Boy again, I think he'd make more money than fighting Colby Covington because he, he's going to look the same kind of bad against Colby Covington as he did Kamar Usman. Very, very true. Um, and it would be quite embarrassing for him to, to lose to Covington after all the bad blood uh, that, that's been spilled between these the two former friends as of the past what, year or so. So, um, uh, speaking of Diaz brothers, no Diaz brothers show up on the list. Um, you think um, Nick would have? I mean, Nate would have shown up somewhere, but uh, just just to get some of the suckers money. But no, no Diaz brothers on the, on the list there. So that um, does it for the um, uh, men. Um, well, the women's divisions are far less uh, interesting because they have dominant champs in, in pretty much all of them. Uh, before we hit those, hit you with those numbers, let's tell you about a new sponsor on our site. The past few weeks, better than dot Vegas. Better Than Dot Vegas is an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but for what? Hashtag the Jens only care about sports betting. Best part is you'll be able to get video picks from the SGPN crew, uh, including me, and we're all exclusively posting over on Better Than Dot Vegas. Um, so better, that site uh, covers all the sports. So we, I do the MMA ones for for SGPN. Um, they also have NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, all the stuff you would expect. Uh, free video picks isn't enough. They're also giving away cash: a thousand dollars to the handicapper that wins the most units, and a thousand dollars to the handicapper that has the most followers. So make sure you follow SportsGamblingPodcast.com/slash/BTV. And make sure you head over to betterland.vegas and check out the the uh, videos we have there. So it's betterland.vegas. And once UFC starts rolling again, I will start um, putting my pretty face on there again with with my picks. So um, better that, that that I do it rather than Dan because you want winning picks. So that's why um, Dan may be prettier, but I have the goods. So um, all right, move to the women's, which this is pretty much a foregone conclusion for the for the next two, um, but. Well, we'll see how close you can guess on the actual odds. Women's Bantamweight, uh, champion at the end of 2021, and the odds. Amanda Nunes, negative yes. 500. Minus 400, so very good. Close, yeah. Uh, who do you think is second? Maybe that's more interesting. I, this is, this is going to sound like such a cheap – it's got to be Holly Holm, right? Like, it is. What a surprise, right? Because she's about to get her 44th title fight. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and I get, I would bet she's around, you know, plus, what are we getting there at? Three, four hundred? Seven hundred. Seven hundred? Wow. She, yeah. has no, she has no chance, so that's not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to see names in there too, like, um, Jermaine Durandamy, maybe? Yeah. Aspen uh, Ladd? Yeah. Aspen Ladd is third, plus eight hundred. Durandamy, plus nine hundred. Ketlin Vieira, plus a thousand. Irene Aldana plus twelve hundred, Rocky Pennington plus fourteen hundred, Juliana Pena plus two thousand. That's it. None of them are going to win though. So no, the only don't one waste, I will don't say, waste your money. the only one I will say is sort of intriguing to me in all of that. And and I've been saying this name for probably a couple of years now is Ketlin Vierda. If we're going to talk about somebody beating Amanda Nunes, I think she is the best equipped to. 
and probably would already have that shot if she didn't get KO'd by Irene Aldana, which was a perfectly timed shot. It was like a very, very impressive knockout, especially because you don't see that many knockouts at, at that in the women's weight classes, even at 135 in the men's weight classes, although we saw a bunch of really good ones this year in the men's side. But you don't see women's bantamweight knockouts quite like Irene Aldana's there. But Kellen Vieta is like an interesting one because she's she's big. She probably would outsize Amanda Nunes. She got good jujitsu, so like that's not an option for Nunes. And she got punching power too. So like if you were looking to not bet Nunes and you're a degen and you're gonna put a hundred dollars on every single thing, um, yep. Kellen Vieta would be my my long shot pick here for you for bantamweight. Bringing you back a thousand bucks. There you go. Um, featherweight, even women's featherweight, even more boring. Uh, Amanda News, obviously. What do you think the odds for her being the champ at the end of this year? Negative a thousand. Fifteen hundred. So yes, Jeez. right in there. Um, <laughs> there's really no point going through this. Megan Anderson plus eight hundred. Felicia Spencer plus a thousand. Norma Dumont plus sixteen hundred. That's pretty much the whole division, right there, right? Norma Dumont they... at plus six hundred. Sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Okay, I thought you said right, six hundred. Yeah. I'm like calculating in my head, like. How do they think that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, sixteen hundred makes more sense. And even, yep. I mean, I'm I'm not betting on Norma Dumont, but like because she looked good in her last bout. And uh, I mean, granted, she has the loss to to Megan Anderson, but like I don't know. I guess she's kind of more of a, a fun option out there. Yep. All right, flyweight, not much, not much better. Um, uh, the current champ Valentina Shevchenko, she's been the champ forever. Uh, will do they expect her to be the champ at the end of this year, Dan? Yeah, they do, and yes. probably to the tune of negative three hundred. Six hundred. So yeah, she, she's yeah, not even close there. Um, who do you think second though? Um, and what's their number? I gotta imagine. Hmm, this one's a tricky one because uh, oh, probably Jessica Andraj. Right. Yes. Yeah, I had to but, think about that, but yeah, Jessica yeah. Andraj, and I'm guessing. If we're talking about Jessica Andrade, we're probably talking about her. Well, you just said plus 600. So probably plus 750 for Andrade. 650 for her. So, yeah, you're right in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then I'm guessing Lauren Murphy's got to have odds in there and not probably all that far behind Andrade. Yeah, she is. She's fifth. So we got Calvillo plus 1,000. Chukagian plus 1,200 tied with Murphy plus 1,200. That's interesting to me, too, that Calvillo would be higher. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Than somebody she just lost to, right? Yeah. Like, like that's a that's a weird pick, but maybe it's because she's, I don't know, got a little bit more of the the star power in there. True. Uh, speaking of star power, Macy Barber plus two thousand uh, is is the bottom oh of the God. list. But, uh, <laughs> she yeah. lost to Roxanne, and don't get me wrong, yeah. I love Roxanne Modafari, uh, but yeah. she she lost a, a fight to Roxanne. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And she, she's injured, so. And, yeah, and she's got a blown out leg. <laughs> yeah. All right, now, now more interesting, women's straw weight. Current champ, uh, Willie Zhang, or Zhang Weili, depends on, on how you want to uh, say her name, the uh, the Chinese way or, or the way that we butcher it uh, over here. Um, current champ, do you think she'll be the – or do you think the oddsmakers believe she'll be the champ at the end of this year? I believe they do, and I think they're right, but I bet you this is one of those ones that's a little bit closer and maybe even to the tuna her at plus money. I would say plus 100. Yes, bingo, bingo. He, hey! he, he ends it with a with a uh, double uh, double win here. He uh, he got the the name and the and the uh, odds correct. So yes, she's the she's expected to uh, re- retain, uh, but plus one hundred, like you said. 
doesn't have any fights scheduled as of yet. Um, Dana White's doing his negotiating through the press uh, trick that he likes to do, saying that Rose Namajunas doesn't want the fight. Rose says she does. So it's basically uh, Dana saying um, he doesn't like uh, the numbers that, that Rose's camper are throwing back at him for how much she wants paid for the fight. That's basically what, what this is. Um, do you think she is second, though, Rose? On the odds to be the champ at the, the end of the way year, or you what? just phrased that made me think no, but I'm gonna say with my good judgment, I'm still gonna say yes. Yes, correct. I think she should be second. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then I'll throw in. I'm guessing you've got to have Carla Esparza's name in there because uh, she's fifth plus eight hundred. Okay, so that's a little surprising, being that she was yeah. talked about the the being the rumored replacement. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Rose um, is plus three. Rose is plus three hundred. So there's two people between them. Let me see if I can um, get these. Um, okay. I'm going to say, huh, I'm going to say uh, Yan Shaonan. Yeah, she's on there, but she's plus 800, so she's tied with Esparza. Okay, so there's still two in between there. Yeah. Um, Tatiana Suarez? Yes. Weird. Who's been gone? <laughs> plus, six, plus 600. She's been gone forever, but, you know, um, I wouldn't put past her winning, obviously, but but she can't stay in the cage, it seems. I, I love her in that fight, but, like, yep. at the same time, like, I don't think she gets there because she's been so banged up. So the only yep. other one I can think of, if it's not Yan Xiaonan, is it Nina Ansaroff? Uh, no, the the new mom is on. She's on the list, plus 1,000. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to think of who else is way up top in that. Yan Xiaonan would have made way more sense. Yeah. I, I appreciate how I like how you're you're saying her name properly. That's very impressive. Thank, thank you. I but, think I've said way. it a lot lately because she <laughs> picked her as the female fighter of the year too. Because she went there. You go. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She went from unranked to number three in one year. Oh yeah, uh, which Fantastic. is which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I can't yeah, so, think so of anybody else. Waterson. Uh, Waterson. No, she's not on the list. She's on That's the. She's on the flyweight. No, Waterson. No, I'm sorry. Waterson's not on the list. No. Not at all. I was thinking someone else, but That's yeah, there, there's someone. You, you're forgetting someone who's who's marketable and and um, or you had a high or you had a bunch of high-profile championship fights. Oh, you want to get GHA? Yes. Plus four hundred. Plus four hundred. That was a layup that I missed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Comers, Amanda Rivas, plus nine hundred. Uh, Mackenzie Duran, plus fourteen hundred, or other other uh, names worth mentioning on that list. So. Uh, you didn't do too bad, then. You did all right. I, um, I like to end it with a good one. You, know, you did. Yeah, I, I think if you look at, look at the ones in the past too, I think I did the same thing in all the other ones too. I like to, yeah. I like to leave you uh, thinking I'm incompetent and then bring back yeah. the, the typically mediocre. Exactly. All right, so we will move on to the the meat of the program after we've spent what 40 minutes almost talking about <laughs> the, the, the the prelim, but uh, basically. Um, before we get to Connor and Dustin, let's have one more um, sponsorship break here, and then we will just go straight Connor McGregor the rest of the way. Uh, this one's all about Ace Per Head. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is there to help. They'll provide you with an all inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. So get started today, and Ace Per Head is going to offer you up to six weeks free. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP, aceperhead.com slash SGP. Basically, any site you go to, just type SGP in, and more than likely, you're going to get uh, you're gonna get some kind of bonus <laughs> thanks to us. All right, um, so 
we figure, like I said at the starting, um, with a few weeks off here, um, we may as well do an early preview, uh, more in-depth preview than, than we do for most fights on the the. F- possibly it may end up being the biggest fight on the calendar uh, for 2021 because we don't know whether McGregor will step into a UFC cage uh, more than once this year or not. So, of course, that will be Conor McGregor's return against Dustin Poirier. That will be at UFC 257, um, which is aptly titled Poirier versus McGregor. Poirier being top billing because he is um, ranked higher than, than McGregor at this point, but we all know McGregor is the A-side of, of this fight. Um these two fought. Uh, we'll, we'll go th- go through the first fight, um, obviously. Uh, but these two have fought. It was many years ago, six years ago, when they were just in their uh, early twenties. That was at UFC 178. McGregor won that first round TKO in under two minutes. So that fight is on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, I just watched it again this morning to refresh my memory um, and to see how young and skinny both both men were, especially McGregor. Uh, that fight was at featherweight. This one will be at lightweight. McGregor is super super uh, small c- compared to where he is now. So that may actually be something we'll have to talk about him cutting, cutting down to, to lightweight. So yeah, McGregor won that fight um, with base. It was basically almost an illegal blow. He, he hit him, hit uh play with a bit of an elbow right behind his right ear, which dropped him. Then he finished him up with some, some ground and pound uh, punches uh, leading up to that. McGregor has thrown lots of crazy kicks and spin kicks, um, which you don't, See, uh, you, you think of him more of, of of a puncher, but but he was throwing lots of kicks uh, back at this time. Um, Poirier tagged him maybe a couple times, but McGregor was never in trouble at all in that fight. So not sure how much we really can can take out of that. Oh, we'll get Dan's opinion on, on that in a second. Uh, we'll do a tale of a tape here of the two guys. They've changed quite a bit since that time. They've uh, they're obviously both in their 30s now. Uh, McGregor's had championships in uh, featherweight and lightweight. Um, and also has fought fairly extensively, or at least a few times extensively for him at, at welterweight. Uh, Poirier has also fought at welterweight. He's had the prelim, um, not the prelim, the interim uh, championship at, at lightweight also. Um, when you look at the tail of the tape, it's remarkably similar, these two guys, uh, both 5'9", both obviously will be at 155, but they they both have fought at featherweight and both, both have fought at at welterweight, so um, very, very similar. Uh, McGregor's got two inches of reach on Poirier, both southpaws. Um, they're, McGregor's like half a year older than Poirier, so very close there. Also, when you look at the striking stats, which is, um, as, as we discussed on a previous podcast, that's the the stat that uh, points towards the winner more often than not. Uh, it's the most reliable stat uh, that I've come across, about 70%. Uh, success rate here. If you look at their striking stats, I'm doing all these off of UFCstats.com. Uh, they're remarkably similar also. Um, Poe lands about 5.6 strikes uh, per minute. Uh, McGregor, 5.4. The striking accuracy is 50% to 49% for Poye. Um Strikes absorbed per minute, 0.2 for Poye, 4.4 for McGregor. Their defense, 54% for Poye, 55 for McGregor. So it's pretty much a wash, like almost identical stats there. Grappling is a little, uh, leans a little bit more into uh, Poye's f- uh, favor, at least stat-wise. Takedowns average per 15 minutes. Poye is at 1.5. McGregor is at 0.8. 
Um, takedown accuracy, uh, Poi is 35%, McGregor 62%. That's basically probably due to McGregor hardly ever looking for takedowns and, and Poi being far more apt to, to try to take down his opponent. As for defense, Poi stuffs 60% of his opponent's takedown attempts. Uh, McGregor stuffs a uh, solid 70%. Uh, McGregor doesn't average any submissions per 15 minutes, while Apoye is far more, far more um, active, looking for submissions 1.3 uh, per per 15 minute fight. Um, and you look at their win loss record o- over the past little while; it's very, very uh, remarkably similar. Also, they both lost to Habib, and they both bounced back and won the, won their last fight. Uh, McGregor beat Hooker, Dan Hooker, and Poye beat. Uh, Donald Cerrone. Um, anything stand out? And they both also have beaten Eddie Alvarez uh, recently, also. So it's like it's remarkably <laughs> how remarkable how similar um, when you when you break things down with these two, how similarly similar their uh, the resumes are. Not saying the fight's going to be close necessarily, but but the resumes are similar. Any uh, anything jump off the page at you about anything I've said there, Dan? Not really. Um, you know. Like, you would expect that out of the grappling stats. You would expect that out of the striking stats. The, the thing that probably sticks out the most to me here is is the interesting aspect of this fight where when you're talking about the volume, right? Because you, you talked about, you know, Poye and, and his striking stats. He he throws so many punches, right? Like that, that fight with Dan Hooker, both guys landed over 150. You go back to his fight with with Holloway or his fight with Gaethje and he landed over 170 in both of those the thing I'm just curious about with Poye though is is that a sustainable model against somebody who's got that one touch you know KO power on the back you know like can he can he go out there and overwhelm Connor Connor's got great movement and Connor's got incredible power so when, when we're thinking about all of these stats that, you know, like Poye might be ahead in some of these or some of this, or like, obviously he's ahead in submission attempts, like all that's well and good. But like, what, I mean, like, maybe I guess I'll just ask you this. What game plan do you think Poye goes in with here? Do you think his plan is to try to get this to the ground? Do you think he thinks he can overwhelm him with strikes and drag him into deep water in the end of the fourth and fifth round? You think the smart game plan um, would be obviously to to take McGregor down and to basically eliminate the threat of him of him knocking out with his with his left hand or even some of those crazy kicks that he throws or um, the shoulder shoulder butt that that he basically ended um, Donald Cerrone's night with. Um, he's he's a knockout master. Um, knows when and and how and exactly where to to land his strikes. Um, so the smart play game plan would be to take him down, obviously. But is he going to follow that game plan? I'm not sure because I'm not. Obviously, I'm not uh, not coaching him in, in his corner uh, currently. But um, he does come from obviously a, a good fight camp, uh, a ATT. So you think he would have the smart game plan? But um, he does. Like you mentioned, all the striking battles. So when you look at the number, like the the average number of strikes, may be equal between, uh, for the two guys uh, per minute. But when you look at the actual um, number of strikes landed in, in the fights. Like uh, Poi is, is far, far greater than McGregor's because McGregor ends people's night fairly quick if if they're dumb enough to get into a striking battle with them. So um, if, well, let's let's go back to their original meeting. Do you take anything at all from? Can anything be uh, gleaned from the their original fight? 
I'm going to be honest, I don't think so. Like, uh, it's so long ago, it's a different weight class, it's like, it was fast. I think that that plays a right. lot into it too, right? Like, it's hard to look back at a, a fight that already happened that is so fast and be like, oh, well, we learned all... No, you didn't learn anything. It was quick. It, it ended. It was over. Um, so when you like... Yeah, I don't think there's anything to learn from that. Man, it, it's... <sighs> It's so tough to look back at that fight and, and try to think of anything that I care about. But um, with all that being said, yeah, I, I think we probably just throw that to the Wolves and we start to think about that game plan. Now, I know you said you think the smart play is to take him down. You don't know necessarily that he would do it. Here's a better question. Do you think he can do it? Do you think he can get close enough to Connor's footwork to, to take him down? Yeah, that's another good uh, good question. Play, uh, not play, uh, McGregor has very very good takedown defense a lot of that has to do with his his elusiveness elusiveness and uh movement in the cage and and the fact you got to be wary of of getting up on on your way in um obviously habib had no trouble taking him down um well i wouldn't say no trouble um but he, he got him to the ground but you know a lot of, not many people really do get him to the ground um looking at the stats here Habib got him down three times um donna stroni didn't Nate, uh, Eddie Alvarez didn't. Diaz got him down once uh, in both their fights. Um, Aldo didn't. Mendes got him down four times, but that was ages ago. And Mendes is, is a wrestler. So, um, yeah, basically, no, he, he doesn't get taken down very often. Dennis Seaver didn't. Poirier never didn't. Diego Brandao didn't. Max Hollywood didn't. Uh, Marcus Brimbridge didn't. So that, that's basically his, his whole career right there. So Mendes, Diaz, uh, Habib are the only people who, who were able to... To get him on his back. And the interesting thing about, you know, with everybody, the exception of Habib, Mendez couldn't get really past his guard, right? Like, right. And, and that's funny because Mendez is pretty typically good at that kind of thing, right? Like, he's a jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, I mean, yep. he's a wrestler first and foremost, but like, he's got jiu-jitsu skills. You know, look at all of his passing in, in WEC and even the, some of his other fights in the UFC. He couldn't get past Connor's guard. So it, while I like Poye and I think Poye's got good ground attacks. I just don't see him doing any more than winning rounds on top of Connor. And I don't, I don't know that that's the play he's going to go for if he even does get it down. And I, I don't know that he gets it down. So, you know, then, then you start to ask yourself the, the real question of this fight, I think comes down to is, is, Dustin going to be able to overwhelm him with strikes and stay away from the big one. And I think ultimately that decides this fight is, is whether or not he can stay away and whether or not he can win that way. And I, I, it's a big question mark right now, but, but my gut means no. Right. Um, do you think going back to the first fight, do you think uh, mentally that will play any factor in, in either of the guys, um, heads heading into the fight um you know i would actually say this i think that it would play more positively in connor's head than it would negatively in poye's head because i think poye is a guy who does a really good job of separating out what's happened in the past i mean like never have you seen a guy who who handled a loss better than he did against habib right like he did it very well with with the utmost grace and and 
you know, w- with what you expect from Dustin Poirier at this time in his career, right? Like he's just, he's that guy. He's the, the guy you'd want your daughter to date. Like he's just a, an upstanding gentleman. And in that same sense, like Connor feeds off of the stuff. So I think Connor probably has a little bit of like, oh yeah, I've already done this. I'm going to do it again. And, and Connor needs that chip on his shoulder. Connor needs a little cockiness going in there. Um, but I don't know that it, it's going to affect the fight in any way, shape, or form because Connor's largely got that confidence against just about anybody. I mean, he was about to fight the best boxer in the world, and he had all that confidence. So, um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think that that previous fight even mentally plays into this one. Right now, is McGregor going to be up enough for this fight? He does not like going this would be in his mind a step backwards he's not into rematches really uh unless he lost the fight and he's not into like defending his title or any of that he's always moving forward 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 so fighting a guy he already starched under two minutes um would seem like a step back in his mind would it not i think it would but here's the thing i will say about that too is that there's something suddenly at stake in this fight that wasn't previously. And I know Dana hasn't tied a title fight to it, but it's, if it's not a title fight, like everybody's viewing it as one. You you mean to tell me if he comes out here and starches Dustin Poirier in, in a minute and a half, he ain't going to get on the mic and either a call out Habib or B declare himself the champion. Cause I bet you right. he'll, he'll do one of those two. Maybe or both. both. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Maybe both of those. Because, I mean, that that's him, right? Like, that that's what we've come to expect from from Conor McGregor. And, yeah, I, I think I think there is a reason to be up for this one in that sense. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I think he'll be up enough to answer your question in the most roundabout long way. Okay, good. Well, that's, we're just trying to kill time here, Dan. That's all, that's all we're trying to do. So, um, <laughs> uh, 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 how, about, how about the weight cut? Do you see it affecting? Because McGregor's gotten gotten quite big over the years uh has also fought at welterweight but um i think mcgregor would be healthier at welterweight but uh lightweight's probably his, his most competitive weight class uh he's been out of the cage for what about a year do you think cutting down to lightweight is going to be an issue at all for him i don't think so um and, and mostly i don't think so because he's a guy who while sometimes we question whether or not he's been doing the right kind of preparation because he's playing touch button in the park, um, or sometimes we talk about his mental space, I don't think we've ever doubted his ability to make weight and make weight properly, right? Like, how many times did that bastard fight at 45 looking emaciated as hell, and not once did he look wobbly on the scale? You know, he looked bad because, like, I mean, like, go back and look at those pictures of him weighing in. He looks oh, like, yes. He, he looks like Skeletor. But, like, he yeah. looked bad, but not bad in the way that where we, like, worry, like, oh, was that a bad weight cut? No, like, he, he just, like, he just did it. And, like, he's kind of got that mental willpower, I think, where he just does it. Um, so, so no, I, I'm not particularly worried about that when it comes to Connor. Um, just because I think he, he always puts himself in the right place physically, whether or not mentally or game prep or game plan or whatever. Um, yeah, I always have faith in him. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you've, you've said it in, uh, in past podcasts. He's one of those guys that he, you're, it's easy to, easy to, um, 
to underestimate him uh, heading into fights just because of his behavior outside the cage and, and the fact that he's not very active, actively fighting in the UFC. But once the cage door uh, locks shut, he, he tends to prove everyone wrong almost every almost every time he steps in the steps in the octagon. Yeah, that's and I think too. I I think you know we we talked about whether or not we can use the old Dustin Poirier fight as, um, you know anything we could use. I actually think, and granted, it was a year ago. It's a different fighter. It's at a different weight class. I actually think the fight with Cowboy Cerrone is a a good sense of where he's at right now and what you can take away and whether or not he's, you know, maybe not physically but mentally up for a fight because, you know, you said. You know, the title's not on the line. His last time he fought, the title wasn't on the line. And, and I think if we look back at that fight, he looked like Killer Connor again. Not not that he maybe... I mean, I guess he hasn't ever really not looked like that Connor. Um, but, like, he looked like Killer Connor again, and he went in there and, and went after Cerrone with, like, a ferociousness that we used to love about him all the time. So, I mean, like, I think that Connor, the Connor that beat Cerrone is a Connor that would beat Dustin Poirier in this fight. Yeah, very true. And he showed another uh, new flash in there with, with the, um, the clinch uh, shoulder butts, which basically knocked out, knocked out Cerrone. So it's, he's, he's always flashing something new and dangerous. It seems when he, when he steps in the cage. So let's, um, let's pretend we're in the, we did this for Poirier already a bit, but let's, let's pretend we're, we're in the fight. Can't reach guy and, and, plan out a the easiest path or the uh most uh, likely to succeed path to victory so poi we're, we're saying get him to the ground correct i w- i'm actually gonna say if i'm his coach it's less about getting connor to the ground and more about closing the distance between him and connor because like i don't think he needs to like if he got connor up against the cage repeatedly reaching down for a single and reaching down for a double, I don't think is a wise use of his energy because he's going to have such a better, like he, he notably is better in later rounds than Connor is. So he would be so much better served if he gets Connor against the cage to just wear Connor out there, keep him moving, keep the threats going like, you know, little trips and stuff that makes Connor try to use big movements to stop it. I actually think that game plan would be the best um, because then you're, you're getting that same thing that you wanted out of his usual, like he usually uses volume, right? To tire his opponents out and, and win in the late rounds. If I was game planning for him here, you want to say that over aggression and in, in surplus of volume here doesn't work against a guy like Connor or, or probably is too dangerous to do against a guy like Connor. So let's get the same gas tank advantage, but get it in a different way. And I don't think that needs to come through a take. I mean, it could come through a takedown, but it mostly needs to come through just holding on to Connor and being too close to him for him to land that heat-seeking missile, and too you know wearing on his energy at the same exact time. Right. So we're saying clinch, clinch game, um, drag Connor into into deep waters and basically um, win a battle of of attrition is is the key for Poye. Yeah, I 100. percent Awesome. All right. Now, as for McGregor, if you're McGregor, what do you do? Come out as per usual, guns a blazing, and, and look for that one shot knockout. I actually think the best thing he could do is um, frustrate Poirier with distance, 
and lure him into that volume that he already knows Poirier loves. Right? Like, Poirier, Poirier likes getting into a firefight. He likes throwing lots of combinations. He likes... That's the kind of fight he wants, usually. And while his coach might be steering him away from that because, like I said, Connor can land that big shot if you get a little over-aggressive, I think Connor could lure him into that fight with, um, you know, like leg kicks or a little oblique kick regularly. Just stuff that makes Poye have to come in a little bit reckless to close that distance um, and then land the big shot. Because I think Connor's, Connor's path to victory here is pretty simple. He's he's going to want to knock Poye out. I don't think he's going to win a five-round decision against him. He wants to knock Poye out or hurt him enough that, like, the round is so clearly his. So I, I think something to do that, you know, like I said, whether it's leg kicks and oblique kicks or whether it's something of that nature that gets, you know, Poye pissed off or gets him moving forward a little bit more recklessly, I think that that's probably the move there for Connor. Um, yes, very good. Uh, McGregor does not basically go to the decision he's gone to the decision twice in his in his career um 26 matches only got a decision got a decision twice and he he won both those fights but it's a very rare thing so if you're going to pick uh mcgregor to win you may as well up your odds and and pick him to win via via stoppage so um and then get yourself some some better uh better comeback on your money so of of the two um strategies we just um mapped out what do you think is the most likely to to actually occur when the fight happens i I think connor's gonna knock him out Uh, and and, you know it's it's hard to gauge a guy who hasn't fought in so long but like you know ultimately you say what you want about connor's layoffs connor's ego connor's preparation connor's still one of the best strikers that that lightweight's ever seen um you know bottom line is he's as sharp as they come with his hands and you know, generates an insane amount of power for a guy his size. So, yeah, I, I think that's still my most likely outcome. I will say when I looked at the odds early and we talked about the odds previously, uh, I think they're driven up so much by his name right now. And I haven't gotten, a, you know, the latest update, you know, only when we did that game a couple weeks ago. But I think uh, I think I'd probably still stay away from those odds at that number. Like you said, if you can find the prop for the KO and make it a little juicier, um, or maybe even look for KO one or KO two. Um, those are a little bit more interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think most likely Connor gets the knockout here. How about you? It's you, you would think that would be the most, most, um, common or most expected output in this fight or outcome in this fight rather. Uh, but when you do look at Poye's record, despite having so much wear and tear on him, he's only been knocked out twice in, 33 pro fights once by Michael Johnson in 2016 and once by McGregor, what, six years ago. So it's been since 2016, since he's, he's been, he's been, uh, had his lights put out in a fight. And when you look at the killers, he's fought, um, Dan Hooker, Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, Alvarez again, he's, he's fought a lot of knockout artists since that time. So it's, he, he is remarkably durable. Uh, but all that being said, um, I, I'm gonna, I think more than likely I'm going to pick McGregor to win this fight. I guess I have to say my pick here. I am going to pick McGregor to win this fight. And if you're going to pick him to win, then there's no reason not to say he's going to win via KO or, or TKO because he doesn't win fights any other way. Yeah, that, I mean, 
Bottom line, I mean, Sagi's going to sub now. <laughs> nope, exactly. Uh, speaking of the odds, um, they opened in uh, McGregor. When it opened, it was around minus 175 for McGregor, plus 150 for Poirier. It's since moved, uh, like you said, with with the big name um, in the fight. It's moved to McGregor at minus 275 right now on mybookie.ag. Poirier plus 215. Um, checking on the props Let's see what props we got uh book so far this fight is not for a few weeks still so you may not uh may, may not have all the props you're looking for quite yet uh yeah the fight will be on the 23rd of january if i hadn't mentioned that yet um mbc ones we would be looking for would be mcgregor by ko tko or disqualifications minus 165 so a little bit better there um that's the only, only that's basically the most likely outcome uh, according to the odds makers too. There's no other odd on my bookie that's in the negative. Uh, we got Poye by uh, KO TKO DQ plus 400. Poye by submission plus 900. McGregor by decision or uh, technical decision plus 600. Uh, draw plus 4,000. Uh, Poye, <laughs> there you go. Throw some money on that. Poye by decision or technical decision plus 650. I'd say and that that's an I'd say that that's an interesting play. Yeah, it's true. In there, like, if you aren't going to pick McGregor by knockout, and I would say that that's the most likely scenario, and I don't like it at negative money. Um, because, like, if you're going to be so specific, I don't like him at negative money. But, like, if that doesn't happen, my pick is, is like, if he doesn't knock out Poirier in the first two rounds, I would pick Poirier by decision. So 650 on that is, is a pretty interesting one because – because it, it, if I'm not mistaken, you just said the number for him winning by submission, which I actually don't think he's going to, is actually higher, correct? Yeah, nine nine hundred plus nine hundred. Oh, oh, okay, so it's a, it's a yeah. little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. So right. But but still, like six fifty, not far off of that. And and I think yeah, it's probably the most likely way that that Poye wins. So if you don't think yeah. Connor's gonna knock him out, I'd hit that one. How about McGregor via submission 1600 plus 1600? That sound good? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I, would, I would say this though, with, with Connor being away for so long, like it, it, it would totally be a Connor McGregor move if he could stun somebody and then sink in a guillotine that he's just been working with, like, <laughs> Gunner Nelson nonstop. Yep. Um, yep. But I still would not pick that until it was like negative 4,000 or something like exactly. that. Exactly. All right, uh, looking at some more props here, if you want to do round props, um, what round the fights could be in. And the most common choice or the most um, – the lowest odds here would be uh, McGregor in round one is plus 200. Um, so that's the most – that's the top expected thing. And then McGregor round two plus 400. Um, and then it basically it goes goes up from there. McGregor by points plus 550, which I don't see happening because he doesn't usually win by points. Uh, McGregor by points plus 650. Uh, not McGregor Poye by points plus 650. So according to the, um, the the pros at my bookie, they expect this fight to end basically in the, in the first or second round, and they expect McGregor to to end it. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, yep. And I think we, we said that even before we looked at the odds. So take that. <laughs> yep. And it's, uh, yeah, um, over two and a half rounds plus 110, under two and a half rounds minus 150. So like I said, it's expected to be a a fast fast fight. Um, I think that's probably all we got to say uh, on this fight. Um, we both are picking McGregor to win and both be a knockout, but we're not real 
keen on getting in on on uh, on the odds the way they are. What um that's uh, you agree with that, right? You're not really yeah, big yeah. on the odds. No, okay. I'm not, not what, big on those odds. What what odds would would pique your interest and in, and in have you put some money on on McGregor winning them? I think if Mag- if I could get McGregor into the plus on on for, knockout, for a knockout, yeah, right? A knockout. I'd start to feel. Like negative one fifty to me would be a no brainer. I would love him at negative one fifty. I'd definitely play him at one fifty. But he's gonna that's gonna be the odds on favorite the whole time, which is always gonna trend it to be towards negative. And in addition to that, that's also where the, the popular bet money is gonna come in, right? Like nobody nobody especially when we're talking about that that big money that comes in, like nobody's gonna be like, oh, I'm really hoping Dustin Poirier wins a big, long decision in this fight. Like, that's not what people want to put down the big money on. And even, like, you know, like your average, you know, better who maybe doesn't even follow UFC that much, doesn't listen to the show and stuff like that. Like, if, if your buddy who barely watches UFC is like, oh, yeah, Connor's going to knock somebody out again. Like, that's what he goes and bets on, right? So, like, I, I don't think that's ever going to trend near plus 100, which, you know, unfortunately is going to tell me to stay away from this. Um, even though I feel like I have the most likely outcome, I just don't. Uh, th- those odds are never going to get into a position where I'm going to like them, and, unless I I got it when it opened, and, and I was probably a little bit more juicy then. Yeah. Um. How about just McGregor winning outright? Uh, it's at minus two seventy five now. Where would that have to be for you to to play it? I'd say probably down near like negative one fifty. And again, okay. it's just not going to go there. It might have opened there, right? Like. Uh, yeah. But but like. It would have to be there because I think, you know, Poye's smart. Poye, if he does come in with the right game plan, just avoids those strikes, lays on him for a bit or leans against him for a bit. You know, like it, it's, it doesn't seem obscure. It doesn't seem, uh, you know, ridiculous to think that Poye could win this fight fairly easily. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I don't feel good about him. In the twos for sure, and then like I'd probably want to see him in the mid to low ones before I, I was really liking it. Yeah, and there's no I I don't see any sign of of that number getting any anywhere near um, where we're hoping or even dipping past where it's at now. I I don't see it. Like you said, all the uh, the the um, casual fans are going to be picking McGregor, so that number is not going to come down anytime soon. So. Um, not that we suggest anyone not bet. You, you obviously, you should bet on every fight, at least hundred dollars <laughs> every fight, which is what our our motto is here. But um, we're just not suggesting you, uh, you you take these odds. But if if you want to hashtag throw them in a parlay and then go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Do that so. Uh, so yeah, this fight will be on the twenty third. Um, so we got a, a few weeks for that. For this fight, to, now that we've gone long form on it, we have a few weeks for it to fall through and, and not not occur to make this so totally obsolete uh, before it's even uh, even drop, which which uh, could happen. I wouldn't put it past it. So, um, as of next week, we have we're finally back to live action. We have Holloway versus Calvin Cater, and sounds like um, they're gonna get this fight on. Uh, ABC, that was the rumor, at least in the States, are going to be on network TV for the first time since they left Fox, which is a big deal. So this may be a uh, maybe a fight card that gets a lot of casual people viewing. So if, if uh, you may want to keep an eye on the numbers uh, on the fight, they may 
they may uh, get a little wonky on certain fights and you may want to jump in. So we will have the breakdown of that um, next week. Uh, until that time, make sure you check out all my stuff on sports uh, gambling podcast.com um, and on MMA dash manifesto.com. I've with, with the down weeks, I've been rolling out all the salary info for last year, how much uh, every UFC fighter in the UFC, uh, that fought in the octagon last year made um, for their blood, sweat, and tears. So I've got it for I believe there was 480 people that fought last year in the in the octagon, and I have all their all their um, all their pay info on the site. So make sure you check that out at mma-manifesto.com. Make sure you check out Dan's uh, podcast, Top Turtle uh, MMA podcast, is still rolling out in these off weeks. And then I I assume once the uh, fights roll start rolling out again next week we'll have the prelim picker again correct oh oh that's 100 percent correct yeah we of are course. we are about to get rolling again awesome all right um in the meantime make sure you also follow us on twitter i finally cracked the 900 900 <laughs> follower uh barrier and i want to crack a thousand so let's do it so i'm at jeff fox writer and Dan is at Gumby Vreeland, but he doesn't need any more follows because he's well over, I believe, well over 2,000. So um, I believe it's 3,000, but that's too much for, for that. Okay. <laughs> are you? Gosh, that's ridiculous. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with these? What are they? What are they gaining from from your Twitter account, Dan? I I, I don't know the answer. What, uh, what are you putting an, out there? An easier way. To find my wonderful writing on on MMA Manifesto or or this podcast. It's true. It does it does benefit me. So I should I should tell everyone to unfollow Dan. Make sure you do follow Dan. He uh, yeah he's at three thousand and twenty. Wow, look at that, amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure you get Dan over four thousand. So. Uh, in the meantime, um, I, I think what we'll wrap it up is we we've gone along enough and we'll get this posted before. Uh, mcgregor or poye pull out of their fight so um thank you for listening we will be back next week with some live fights we can actually uh i'll give you some winning picks and down i'll give you some losing picks and um we'll be back to normal there so in the meantime thank you for listening and adios Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Your home is more connected than ever. So when one kid is schooling the competition, got it. the other is getting schooled. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And you're streaming a webinar for work and the latest episode of your favorite show at the same time. Shh. Your Wi-Fi needs to be able to handle it. That's why Xfinity never stops working to bring you faster, more reliable Wi-Fi. So you can do it all, all at the same time. Xfinity. The future of awesome. Learn more at Xfinity.com.